here I was in the known, in which I thought was supposed to bring me safety, security, happiness, and that perceived sense of control. And yet, while I was happy, I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't in alignment. And I was doing all these things I could do to get myself into alignment and get happy and fulfilled in the known. And it wasn't working. So this last component of my mindset shift was choosing to believe that in the, uh, the future, instead of it being scary, the future is where my possibility at true happiness resided. Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast, making the world a better place by unleashing human potential. We'll help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Notch. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today, the Mindset Horizon podcast. And if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations, I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to support you, to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast episode topics or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday in the Facebook group where I interview one of our community members. We talk about mindset, personal development and entrepreneurship, but more importantly, I wanted to interview the members of the Mindset Nation community so that we can get to know each other even more. You can join the community at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash MindsetNation. Once again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash MindsetNation. Or simply go to our website, MindsetHorizon.com. And in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says MindsetNation. And there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And now let me introduce today's guest. So today I'm joined by Jory Rose, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist, mindfulness and meditation teacher, coach, author, speaker, and she also leads mindfulness retreats around the world. Jory has helped thousands of people to live happier and more fulfilling lives through living with greater awareness and compassion, allowing them to decrease their stress, anxiety, and shed unhealthy habits, patterns, and mindsets. Jory is host of the podcast Journey Forward with Jory Rose and has authored two mindfulness books, Skirmy Learns to Be Mindful and Mindful, It's Elementary, and has been featured in OprahMag.com, NBCNews.com, Business Insider, KTLA News, and more. In the beginning of today's episode, we talk about Jory's transformational journey in the middle of the episode, we discuss how to overcome the fear of the unknown and how to eliminate self-doubt once and for all so that you can thrive in life and business. 
Closer to the end, Jory shares tips and tools on how to raise self-awareness so that you can start transforming your mindset. Because any kind of transformation begins with awareness. In the end, Jory recommends super amazing books to the listeners. If you want to find out more about today's guest and check out the free resources, book recommendations, and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. You can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in Jory Rose to find the episode's show notes page. And so Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Jory, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm excited to dive into different topics today, mindset, mindfulness, and all these things. But first, I want to start with your story and more importantly, how you got where you are today. Oh, that's a long question to answer. <laughs> yeah, it's a broad. Um, it, it's a very broad question, but I can, you know, share with you that it's obviously it's been a journey. Um, you know, none of our paths are a straight line. And uh, where I am today, well, I guess to, to introduce where I am today would be some insight into mm-hmm. you know what the path was to get here. Um, yeah. But I, I'm a marriage family therapist, and I have two teenage daughters. I got divorced about six years ago, and I never in a million years would have thought I would have been divorced. And that's actually a big piece of my journey is, um, you know, I used to live my life in a way that was really safe and comfortable and secure. And I, I like to say I had fear and anxiety handed to me on a silver platter. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, based on how um, some of my family of origin and, you know, previous generations, there was a lot of trauma in the family. And I was raised to believe the world was a scary place. And that kept me really limited in growing and expanding because uh, at that time, I really felt that growth was scary. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it it entered me into a place of the unknown. And I literally had everything I ever wanted. I, you know, I created a life that I always dreamed of. And I woke up one day in my early 30s and realized something wasn't in alignment. And I wasn't sure what it was. I wasn't sure how to name it. But I realized I had been living my life by what was next, what was next, what was next. And I didn't know how to be present. And the problem was I got to what was next and it wasn't fulfilling. It didn't give me what I was needing or what I was searching for. And I I realized I also lived in my head that I made my decisions based on what I thought versus what I felt. And I had had this cognitive dissonance between feeling one thing and thinking another and not knowing which one to trust. And my default was to trust what was logical, what was rational. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I wow. had, yeah, I, I had, at the time, I'd already had a master's degree in counseling psychology. And in mm-hmm. California, where I live, you need to have... 3,000 hours of an internship in order to qualify for the state exams to become a licensed therapist. And when I started my schooling, I was really young and I got about 
1,500 hours in of the 3,000. And at 24 years old, I decided I don't have the business in being anybody's therapist. I had no life experience. I didn't really know who I was. And so how could I guide other people on that journey? And so, you know, I, I actually stopped those hours and that's when I had my kids and I was a stay-at-home mom. But that day in my 30s, when I woke up and realized, how did I get mm -hmm. here? Who am I? I was inspired to go to therapy. And it was while I was in therapy, I realized I wanted to go back for my hours that I was ready at this point in my life. And I had to start from scratch again. I lost all those 1500 hours I had gained. And that was fine with me because I was at a different point and I was ready to be on that journey. And uh, as a series of very serendipitous life events would have placed in front of me, um, I discovered mindfulness practice. And I didn't know what mindfulness was. I had no idea what meditation was. I knew what it was, but I never practiced it. I used to believe that that was what other people did. Um, but it felt like this is what I was needing. So in not knowing who I was and needing to figure that out, I decided to go get myself into therapy. And it was when I was in therapy, I decided to go back to get my hours to become a therapist that I was ready at this point in my life to embark on that journey. So when I decided to go back for my hours, what really unfolded was I discovered mindfulness practice. I had no idea what mindfulness was. I had never meditated a day in my life. I thought that was, you know, something other people did. I wasn't sure how to even begin to slow down. And again, through a series of serendipitous uh, events, I started a mindfulness class and it changed my life. And I still wasn't quite sure what mindfulness really was or what it meant, but I knew enough to know I needed to learn more. And I delved into doing uh, courses, retreats, trainings, and seminars, and I got certified to teach mindfulness to kids in a school setting. And I did that for four years. That evolved into doing mindful parenting work. That evolved into writing a couple of books on mindfulness for kids, one, uh, a storybook for young children and teaching them how to be patient and have gratitude and to recognize the anxious energy in their body and how to breathe. And another mindfulness book for educators and school counselors to guide a child um, you know, eight to 11, 12 years old on how to cultivate a mindfulness practice. And I eventually got through my hours and became a licensed therapist and have been in private practice. And through the course of that professional journey, what unfolded was this beautiful awareness I found within myself of learning how to slow down, how to get out of my head, how to get into my body, how to not believe every single one of my thoughts, how to get out of the habit of living in fear and anxiety. I mean, I can tell you, I I used to be so anxious even to go on a vacation that yeah, if I booked yeah. a vacation, if, if I booked a vacation, I had constant anxiety worrying about something going wrong on that vacation to the point where I would play it out in my head before it ever even happened. And I would imagine myself back home safely because in my head, the story I was telling myself, if I made it back home safely, then everything must have been okay. And then when I was actually on the vacation, I was never really present because I was always worried about getting back home safely. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. And this kind of thinking prevented me from fully engaging in life. And when I, when I practiced the mindfulness and increased my awareness of what was arising and had the ability to just observe with a lot of compassion and not immediately get taken over by thoughts or emotions and fears and anxieties, everything in my life changed. Wow. And yeah. for, the first, for the first time ever, I became really conscious in my choices. I became conscious in recognizing wow, I don't have to just do what's next. I can actually slow down and breathe and check in with my body and actually make an intentional choice moving forward. And that came with huge changes. I ended up getting divorced from my high school sweetheart, who I had been with since I was 13 years old. Wow. Wow. And, you know, talk about entering into the unknown, but part of it, you know, we talk about mindset. Yeah. I had a really powerful evening that changed my mindset forever. It was a women in wisdom evening and there was about 200 women gathered and, you know, we were there, um, had, there was inspirational speakers and it was self-reflection and increasing awareness. And I was just on the cusp of becoming more self-aware at this point. Mm -hmm. But I was still believing that the future was scary, that the unknown was this big black hole of abyss that was, you know, very frightening. Yeah. And that that fear of the unknown is what kept me stuck for so long because I didn't want to enter into the unknown. So here's what happened. We I was in this audience of about 200 women. And there's an inspirational speaker up on stage. And she says, I'm going to pull a name at random out of a hat. And if I choose your name, I'm going to invite you up on stage to speak for two minutes. Wow. (laughs) And you heard this collective groan across the room of women. And she said, what are you experiencing right now? And people just started shouting out, I'm anxious, I'm overwhelmed, I, um, mm-hmm. you know, my heart is beating, I feel like my, you know, I'm getting nauseous, my hands are getting sweaty, mm-hmm. um, I feel like, you know, my mind is racing. Yeah. And she said, I want you to recognize that everything you just described is simply energy moving through your body that you are in a habit of labeling that energy as fear. Wow. She said, what would happen if you simply recognized that energy and just used the energy and plugged it in and let that energy propel you rather than stop you? Mm. And something about that moment, something about that evening, I was ready to hear the message. Wow. And I really understood my whole life, I had used that energy in my body to propel me into more fear rather than to re- recognize it just as energy. Mm-hmm. And she then said, okay, so I'm not going to pull a name at random out of a hat. And you heard this collective sigh of relief. She said, but if you want, I will offer to you the opportunity to come up on stage and speak. 
And to support you, we'll give you a standing ovation on the way up and we'll give you a standing ovation on the way down. And I decided to put this theory to the test. And I raised my hand and I thought, I have an opportunity to not let this energy stop me, but to rather propel me. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she called and she called on me. And I got up on stage. I don't remember what the hell I said, but I did get my standing ovation on the way up and I got my standing ovation on the way down. Wow. <laughs> and I recognized I have a choice every single time I enter into this space where that energy was showing up. Mm-hmm. That I had a choice in how I named it and what I did with it. Wow. Wow. That's- and it, it was powerful. Yeah. It was really powerful. But I, can, I, can I share another story that like literally changed my life? Like that was the beginning. Yeah. 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 For but sure. I had a single life defining moment. So I don't know if you or any of the listeners have ever heard of. Dan Millman, he wrote the book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. I haven't read that. And Okay. Well, this book came out in the mid 80s and for oh, many wow. people was their entree into spiritual awareness. Mm-hmm. And through, again, many serendipitous events, I was introduced to this book. Reading the book changed you know, my whole awareness on spirituality and I wanted to learn more. And long story short, I ended up on a retreat with Dan Millman. I wasn't even sure if the guy was still alive. And I ended up on a retreat with him at the Omega Institute in upstate New York in 2013. Mm -hmm. And his book, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, is this combination of how to develop a peaceful, compassionate heart while maintaining a warrior spirit. And warrior spirit for him is assertiveness. It's not aggression. It's being assertive. So it's standing in your power. So I, I I flew to New York and, you know, the first part was developing this peaceful, compassionate heart. The Sunday morning of the retreat is the warrior training. And it started off with an exercise in which we were broken into groups of three people. And let's say you are my long lost friend. So I'm standing like, let's just say 20 feet across the room from you. And I want to walk towards you and embrace you because I haven't seen you in a long time. Mm-hmm. And as I start to walk towards you, person number three in our little triad puts their arm out in front of me and blocks me from getting to you. Mm -hmm. That person who's throwing their arm out blocking me is Mm self-doubt. So self-doubt is preventing me from getting to my goal, to where I want to be. So as we did this exercise, as I walked towards you, self-doubt would stop me. And then I would go back to my starting point. I start to walk towards you again. Self-doubt stopped me a a second time. And on the third time, as I would walk towards you and this person threw their arm out representing self-doubt, I then pushed past their arm and I pushed past the self-doubt and I got to my goal and I embraced this long lost friend across from me. Mm, Wow. And we had to role play each of these three different roles to feel what it felt like having self-doubt stop you being on the receiving end of self-doubt, and then also being self-doubt. It was a very powerful exercise. Wow. Dan Millman, then then he assembles two cylinder blocks and a plastic board that interlocked across the top of the two two cement blocks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he says to us that we're going to have to break a board. Mm -hmm. And... As he assembled these two cement blocks, there was a purple meditation cushion in between them. 
and then the board across the top. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on your podcast, so you can edit this out later if you don't <laughs> want me to. But the exact words I was thinking in my head as that happened was, I can't fucking break a board. <laughs> and um, immediately self-doubt was right there. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Immediately self-doubt, literally self-doubt showed up. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and as he's, as he's assembling this, there's actually three different boards. There was a lightweight one that was the equivalent of a light piece of wood. There was a board that was the equivalent of a real piece of wood you would break in like an actual martial arts class. There was a heavier one. Mm -hmm. So as he's assembling this, he's saying, you know, what is the goal? And we're like, duh, you just told us the goal is to break the board. Yeah. Well, if you can imagine this setup, there are these two blocks with this purple meditation cushion in between the blocks and the board across the top. Uh -huh, uh -huh. He says, no, the, the goal is not to break the board. The goal is to hit the cushion. The board is simply in your way. Mm -hmm. wow. He said, the cushion is your goals, is your dreams. The board represents your obstacles. And wow. you just need to push past your obstacles to get you where you want to be. Wow. So he, he then tells us, we have one chance to break the board. Mm -hmm. So we then had to decide which board are we going to choose to break? Well, I'm not one to take the easy way out on things. Yeah. So I tell myself, even though I told myself I can't do this, I'm going to do the middle one. I'm going to choose the wood, the one that's the equivalent of a real piece of wood. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. There's no easy <laughs> way out that I want. So it's now my turn. And we all did this one at a time. So the whole room of like 60 people was supporting you in this. Mm -hmm. And I'm kneeling down and I'm looking up at Dan Millman and he's guiding me and he tells me where to hit with my hand. Mm -hmm. And I was telling myself, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And all I focused my energy on was the board. And I put my arm up and I went down to smack it and I didn't break the board. Wow. And my immediate thought was, see, I told myself I couldn't do it. Yeah. There it was. I, I proved self-doubt right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I just confirmed my beliefs were accurate that I couldn't do it. And I felt a ton of shame because by the time everyone in the room had their turn, it turns out of like 60 people, only about six people did not break the board. And I was one of them. Mm -hmm. And so after everybody went, Dan Millman then says, okay, raise your hand if you didn't break it. And I very sheepishly raised my hand. And he said, okay, I'm going to give you one more chance. So now I had to decide, was I going to go for the easier one? Or was I going to go for the one I already started? Yeah. What do you think I did? What do you think I did? Uh, you, you did the same. You tried this. I did the same one. Yeah. I did. I did the same one. Yeah. And so here I am once again, kneeling down, looking up at Dan Millman. He's guiding me. I recognize the two things I did wrong the first time. Aside from self-doubt, that was very present with me the first time. Yeah. I, hit with the, I hit with the wrong part of my hand. And I only focused on the board. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this second time, I'm kneeling down. I'm breathing. He t and he says to me, only do it when you do it. Like when you decide you're ready, then commit to doing it. Don't psych yourself out, you know, just do it when you're ready to do it. And something in that moment in me shifted. 
in which all of my energy, literal and energetic, like my spiritual energy, shifted from seeing the board to now focusing on the cushion. Oh, wow. Wow. Really? Talk about a mindset shift. Oof. <laughs> Everything inside of me shifted to the cushion. And I recognized up until that point in my life, everything I did focused on the board. Wow. Wow. So in this moment, I am now taking a deep breath. I'm kneeling down. I'm looking up at Dan Millman. He's telling me to breathe. I make this energetic shift to the cushion. I bring my arm up. I bring it down on my exhale and I broke through that board and I hit the cushion and I let out the biggest, like I'm getting chills even as I talk about it. Like I let out the biggest yelp. And I'll tell you, my life was never, ever the same afterwards because I proved self-doubt wrong. I now, because I broke the board, I now no longer had the right to use the excuse, I can't do that. Wow. That is so powerful and really mindset shifting. A great story. So I was really excited listening to this story. And there were a couple of things, right? I mean, many, many, many things. Uh, Self-doubt, mindset shift. And um, let's say focusing on the goal, what you want, instead of focusing on the obstacles in the way. I've created a little mini course. In fact, I have a podcast episode titled, what's your board? I I have it titled, what's your board? What's your cushion? Wow. That's so powerful. Such a great analogy. And 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 let me tell you this, for many of my clients I work with, their board is that they don't know what their cushion is. Mm-hmm. Their biggest obstacle is they don't know what they're working towards. Wow. Wow. So again, we look at self-doubt. How can we have confidence even if we don't know where we're headed? Mm-hmm. Wow. But unless we break past the board, we're going to stay stuck. Yeah, that's so powerful. And it's so powerful. And it literally was the single most life-defining moment. Like that previous exercise of recognizing my energy in my body, that was a start, mm-hmm. right? That was one That was one component. But breaking the board, and let me tell you, I have been proving myself that I don't have any boards anymore to the point where even my fiance, because I got six, divorced six years ago, I, I got engaged a few months ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, right. My fiance, He's even like, at what point do you need to stop proving to yourself? Mm-hmm. Because I now that I don't have a board, the world is my oyster. Now, given COVID, it's a little bit limited. However, <laughs> yeah. my mindset, I don't have any more boards. There is nothing standing in my way of hitting my cushions. Wow. I love that. So you're saying a big part uh, or the one struggle is, I mean, one thing that people struggle with is that they don't have a clear goal or clarity on the cushion, or is it something that you're saying, right? So clarity is an important part, right? Clarity. And you know, a lot of the clients I work with are women and women who have lost themselves amongst their roles of being a wife and being a mother. And 
it's so easy out of love and compassion and the belief of what it means to be a good mom that we put everybody else ahead of ourselves. And so for many women, they get to this point of, I don't know who I am outside of my roles. Mm. And that doesn't just list, you know, it doesn't just end with, you know, mothers in that position, even with entrepreneurs, we over identify in what we do separate from who we are. Mm. Wow. So what I do is not who I am, right? Absolutely not. What I accomplish is, is not who I am. Who am I then? <laughs> you are whoever you are in that moment and that moment changes moment to moment that's mindfulness right that's the awareness of present moment mm-hmm. and that's going to shift but when we get really stuck in our definition of self or have those limiting beliefs it's really limited so there's one last component to this what is up mindset nation i hope you guys are enjoying today's episode and we're gonna get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors i'm immensely grateful for each and every one of you who tuned into this podcast today the mindset horizon podcast and if you feel like you're getting value out of these conversations and want to learn more about mindset entrepreneurship or podcasting or simply you want to hang out with other like-minded listeners I would highly encourage you to join the Mindset Nation Facebook group, a global community of Mindset Horizon, where I'm there every single day to answer your questions, either if it's connected to the podcast, episode topics, or if it's connected to your goals and aspirations in life and business, I am there to support you for free every single day. On top of all that, I go live every Thursday for at least 30 minutes so that we can get to know each other even more. I can answer your questions or teach you more about mindset, entrepreneurship, content marketing, branding, or podcasting. You can join the Mindset Nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindset nation. Once again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash mindset nation. Or simply go to our website, mindsethorizon.com. And in the main menu on the top of the site, you will find a button that says Mindset Nation. And there you can join the global community of like-minded listeners. I'm super excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And until then, be limitless, my friend. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and changemaker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility, and scale your impact and business, I have good news for you. I provide one-on-one mentoring and group coaching programs where I teach how to start your own epic podcast from scratch, build credibility, and scale your online presence and business. You can read more about these services at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast mentoring. On top of all that, I provide a 30-minute free discovery call where we can see if podcasting is something that can help you scale your brand and business. You can book a free discovery call with me at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash free call. Or simply shoot me an email at tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. That's T-I-B-O-R, tibor at MindsetHorizon.com. 
So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's Mindset Transforming Conversation. After I broke the board and I thought, oh, shit, I think I have to get divorced because if I'm now in alignment with myself, I am not letting the the perception of safety and security give me the belief that that's what happiness is because I, I wasn't happy. And so I still was working on having that vision of the unknown future to not be this big, scary black hole of abyss. And here was my last major mindset shift that I, that I went through to make these changes. I recognized there's the known and there's the unknown. And my worldview had always been that the known is safe and secure and the unknown is scary and fearful. Yes. And I used to keep myself in the known because that's where I felt I could have control, right? Perception of control. The unknown is scary because I didn't know what I could control. But I realized here I was in the known in which I thought was supposed to bring me safety, security, happiness, and that perceived sense of control. And yet, while I was happy, I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't in alignment. And I was doing all these things I could do to get myself into alignment and get happy and fulfilled in the known. And it wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So this last component of my mindset shift was choosing to believe that in the uh, the future instead of it being scary the future is where my possibility at true happiness resided mm, wow that i i needed to make the conscious choice of how do i want to relate to the unknown and all of a sudden when i realized wait a second It's within the unknown that possibility resides. All of a sudden, I got really excited about the unknown. Wow. And rather than fearing that the unknown had control over me, but rather I was able to to choose consciously how to interact with the unknown and what I could create and what I could build and what I could consciously and intentionally do with my life. That was all within my power. <clears throat> wow. And be and because I broke the board, I no longer could blame self-doubt for stopping me. <laughs> wow. The, congratulations on that, first of all. And then secondly, I think that's a that's a huge shift and then a huge insight there. I have never formulated it this way, you know, in the unknown, there's the possibility. And I, I talk about or in the podcast, we talked about, you know, possibilities and the mindset of possibility. I think that's the mindset of possibility, if I want to, you know, be accurate. Yeah. Like, um, and, and I wanted to mention, because, you know, I, most of the time, I focus on entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs. And, you know, they might be entrepreneurs uh, for a couple of months or so. They are trying to achieve their goals. Um, and they feel that they live in this space of the unknown and they want to choose safety and security. Like what would you tell those people? Right. I would get really clear on what's the story you're telling yourself about safety and security. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What What's the story you're telling yourself? Because the story I was telling myself was that I was only safe and secure in what the, in the present 
right? And that was a story that kept me stuck. Mm -hmm. And until until I was willing to look at that story and that belief system, Mm. then I wasn't able to make any change. So it was really choosing to change the story I was telling myself. Wow. Yeah. And also to get really clear on where did that story come from? Because, you know, another, you know, little component of my journey. So on that flight home from New York, and I live in California. So on that flight home from New York, and remind you, you know, mind you, I told you, I used to be so fearful of travel. Like I hated flying. And I was in this journey of being, you know, present and conscious and aware and self-compassionate and noticing my thoughts and not believing my thoughts of truth. And that really helped me with my fear of flying and my travel anxiety. So as I'm flying home, I'm flying out of JFK, you know, huge airport in New York City. And our plane was delayed on the tarmac for five and a half hours. Mm Because partly due to a rainstorm, so the airport kept opening and closing, and partly due to a hard landing of an airplane at a local other airport 30 miles away that the wheels never came down. Mm. And the plane landed on its belly. And it didn't crash, but it was considered a crash by the FAA standards. And so they shut down the airport. So aside from this rainstorm, all the planes from LaGuardia were being, you know, transferred over to JFK. So it was like a, a, an air traffic nightmare, mm, right? Oh, wow, yeah. And I'm sitting on the plane on the tarmac where it's one of those planes that had live TV capabilities. So everyone around me was watching the live TV news coverage of this plane crash 30 miles away. Normally, my old self would have been like, having a panic attack, get me off this plane. I'm renting a car. I'll drive home. I'll be home in five days, but there's no way I'm getting on this, you know, taking this plane home. Yeah. yeah. But because I had been in this practice of paying attention to my thoughts and choosing how to engage with my thoughts and therefore my fears and my anxieties, I had a choice for the first time ever to not believe my fears. Mm. And my mom due to family trauma and understandably rightfully so understanding her anxiety um about five hours into my five and a half hour delay i call my mom to tell her oh by the way our plane's delayed i will you know won't be home till now you know six hours later mm-hmm. but of course as soon as i she you know she picked up the phone she's like why are you calling you should be in the air how are you calling what's wrong mm-hmm. and she said and i told her you know the situation And she said to me, you must be so frustrated. Mm -hmm. And something in this, in that moment, because I was in this practice of awareness and really looking at my stories that I was believing and separating out my thoughts, I recognized how easy it was for me to have taken on her fears and her anxieties and her belief systems my whole life. Wow. And here I was at 35 years old, having the awareness for the first time, I did not need to believe what my mom believed. And I, as she said to me, wow, you must be so frustrated. Something about it clicked. And I responded by saying, actually, mom, it is a frustrating situation. And I'm okay. Yeah. Wow. 
And it was this separation of this, you know, lifelong pattern of, you know, enmeshment of believing in the fear and anxiety. Wow. So part of, you know, your question of how can entrepreneurs, you know, begin to get out of those habits and patterns is partly is to recognize where, where what's the origin? Where are they coming from? Mm. I, yeah. Because pa- part, of, part of that is recognizing for me to now adopt a different belief system than my mom in some ways mm. can challenge the relationship, right? Yeah. Because I'm now no longer buying into this family story of fear. Yeah. Wow. And let me tell you, I've had to do my work around this, around money mindset, Mm -hmm. because I come from a family in which money's always been a struggle. And I now have no board standing in my way telling me I can't be a success. But I've had to do the work that for me to adopt a new mindset about money might challenge some of the energetic ties I have to my family of origin as I no longer believe in that story the collective story. Yeah. Wow. So even the money mindset has been a powerful shift for me. Wow. That's pretty powerful. And I think a huge message there or some of the keywords I would say is you had this shift because you became so aware of those things and it is through work and practicing mindfulness. And I, you know, suppose, but I actually wanted to ask you about this, like, what did you do to become so aware? But there was a huge detachment, right? So detaching yourself from your thoughts, which is then you realize you're not your thoughts, even if it's fear thought, for example, right? Yeah. Because fear provides thoughts, right? So the fear response provides. Well, it's, yeah. And it's the recognition that the thoughts are never going to stop. Mm. I mean, our minds do what our minds do and our minds think and our, our brains are wired to focus on the negative. It's called our negativity bias. We've been wired since we were cavemen mm. to be on heightened alert, to look for the potential problems, right? Back in the caveman yeah. days, it was, is there a bear in the cave? Is this a matter of survival? And if I focused on the 10 fish I could go catch over here in the sea and feed my family or focus on the bear and the king. I'm going to focus on the bear and the king because it's a matter of survival. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But modern day analogy to that is we focus on criticisms rather than compliments. We aren't good with self-compassion. We believe our judgments. Mm. So unless we have an awareness to recognize the habit Mm-hmm. of that then we stay stuck in judgment we stay stuck in believing the fear yeah. we stay stuck in our negativity bias yeah and you know one of the ways that we can and i don't want to say detach because mm. the thoughts are the, the, the thoughts are still part of us to me it's not a detachment because they're still going to be there okay it's simply an awareness to not let them take over mm. yeah yeah it's to see them, to honor them, to acknowledge them, and to just choose not to engage in them. Mm, yes, yes. Because because if if I if I choose detachment, then I'm gonna have a mindset of my thoughts are bad or my thoughts are not me. When in fact they're just thoughts. They are they're they're just they're just thoughts. Mm. 
It's what I do with them that makes the difference. Wow, that's pretty powerful. And I want to make sure that we give some tips and tools for the listeners. So what can they do to raise their awareness or, or to become so self-aware? So for me, the very, very, very first thing is you got to breathe. You know, mm. th this is, and, and it's something that's even a paradox, right? Because it's something that we're doing automatically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And in fact, when I was teaching mindfulness to kids, I did that for four years at a um, K through eight independent private school mm -hmm. where I was in the classroom every week. And I recognized that in my training of mindfulness, I was taught the what of mindfulness and the how, mm -hmm. but I wasn't necessarily taught why. Mm, wow. And if I don't explain to people the why, then they're not going to have the reason to practice. Mm. Wow. And yeah. so I, I went around um, to every classroom and I asked these kids, if you've been breathing from the moment you're born to the moment you die, Why should you practice breathing? You're, you're doing it automatically. Why should you practice something you, 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 know, you already are doing? And this one little girl, she was nine years old. She was in third grade. She said, I imagine we practice our breathing for the same reason we have a fire drill. She said, we have a fire drill so we know what to do in case of an emergency. And I imagine we practice our breathing so we know how to use it when we need it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I literally was in tears because she was right. Wow. So to answer your question, we have to practice our breathing because in absence of practicing our breathing, we don't have an easy pathway to access our breathing when we, when we become flooded and overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me give you a little example. It's one of my favorite examples that people tell me is one that often sticks most with them is, and this is exactly what happens in our brain is we rewire new habits and patterns. Mm, okay. So imagine there's a snowy field. Mm -hmm. Okay. You approach this snowy field and there's only one path to get across. And this path is so well established that the snow embankments are like 10 feet high on either side. Mm -hmm. So as you approach this snowy field, this is clearly the path you take, but here's the problem. You don't like the other side of it. You don't like where you get to. So in recognizing you don't like where it takes you, you have a choice. I can continue to walk down this path, not liking the outcome, or I can choose to take a new path which in the beginning is going to be really, really hard because that new path doesn't exist yet. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to create footsteps in the snow. And those first few rounds of walking that new path, I'm going to sink into the snow. My feet are going to get really wet. It's going to be cold and uncomfortable. It's going to be hard. And if I consciously make the choice every time I approach this field to walk this new path, over time, this will become a new well-established pathway taking me to where I want to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's intention. Yeah. And over time, the more I choose that new path, guess what happens to the old one? It's going to get snowed over. Wow. So 
when we can consciously choose a new response that is in alignment with us, that serves us over and over and over again, that new pathway, that new habit, that new pattern becomes much easier to access. But it takes awareness. And to have awareness, we've got to slow down. So, you know, also understand that our emotional brain is in the center part of our brain and our prefrontal cortex is where all of our executive functioning resides, where we have logic, reason, rationality, decision-making, clear thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, learning and retaining information, communication, decision-making. And when our emotional brain gets triggered, it shuts down all of that executive functioning. Mm, Yeah. So it's no wonder when we're angry, we say something we don't mean. It's no wonder when we're stressed, we can't think straight. When we're nervous, we're for, we forget stuff. When we're anxious, our brain feels fuzzy. That is simply the relationship of our emotional brain and our executive functioning. Mm. So the way that we calm down that emotional brain to get that executive functioning to go back to work is there's two ways, and this is scientifically shown to be the two ways. One is that we breathe. Yeah, yeah. When we breathe, Mm. it activates the vagus nerve because as you breathe, your diaphragm expands. It activates a nerve in your spine that travels up your spinal cord to your brainstem and it literally presses down on the rest and digest part of your brain. Mm. Because if we're not in our rest and digest part of our brain, we're in fight, flight, freeze. That's where our brain's on high alert looking for the problems. Yeah. Is it a specific breathing or belly breathing? You know what? I don't guide a specific breathing because then people get too caught up. Am I doing it right or wrong? Okay. Okay. Take some deep breaths. Breathe in through your nose, out out through your mouth. I I, I used to teach kids breathe in. I guess this is, I guess this, this is the instructions I give. Breathe in like you're smelling something delicious, like freshly baked chocolate chip cookies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. exhale out like you're blowing bubbles. (laughs) Cause if you're blowing bubbles, not like bubble gum, but like if you're blowing bubbles, like when you're a kid, oh, yeah. you, you know, you blow bubbles off a bubble wand. Yeah. <laughs> if you blow too, if you blow too fast, the bubble will pop. Yeah. But if you blow really slow, it's going to get big and hopefully get off the wand and then float through wow. the air. Nice. Nice. Yeah. The second way to calm down that emotional brain is so overly simplified, but it works. And this is what I do every time I find myself getting caught up in my thoughts again. Mm-hmm. And again, science backs this up, is to name what's arising, Mm. to just say it out loud. Because when you name what's arising, so what does that mean? It's to say, wow, I'm feeling really stressed right now. Wow, I'm really angry. Wow, look at that. Like, I'm really overwhelmed. Or wow, I'm really feeling sad right now. Mm-hmm. So notice my tone of voice is a really compassionate tone. If I'd be like, oh my God, I'm angry again. There I go. Now I'm in judgment. That judgment's going to cause reactivity. Yeah. And now I'm back into that spiral of reactivity and I'm no longer in my body. I'm back spiraling in my head with those thoughts. But when I can name it with compassion, yeah. what you're doing is that awareness is creating space between you and that thought or you and that emotion. In that space, you're having the conscious choice what to do with it. Rather than walk down the path of reactivity down that path across the snowy field that takes you where you don't want to be. Naming it helps you decide, oh, look at that. There's that thought. There's that emotion. Okay, it's just here. What do I want to do with it? Yeah. Wow. So breathing and naming it are the ways to increase the awareness, to get out of that cycle of reactivity, to slow yourself down, to increase that 
self-awareness, that self-reflection, so you can have conscious choice in how you move forward. Wow. That's pretty powerful. When you're naming it, it's out loud, right? So name it out loud, right? Um, it, it, it could it could be internal. internal. I mean, when okay. I first started, yeah, it could just be like, you know, just noticing. Yeah. I find for me, okay. I was accountable if I said it out loud, right? Like, and if I, you know, of course, if nobody was around, I don't want to be all weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you can even <clears throat> do that in conversation with somebody. If you're in an argument with someone, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. one of the ways to deactivate that fight, flight, freeze, which is going to fuel the anger and the reactivity is to just be able to say, wow, we're really stuck right now, aren't we? Yeah. Like, wow, we're, we're really at an impasse. This is really hard. Yeah. You know what? Let me just take a minute and breathe. Yeah. And let me calm myself down and let me reconnect and let me come back to my intentions. Wow. You know, and, and this is as, you know, this shows up in all aspects of my life. I mean, you know, when I was, when my kids were younger, I used to be a little bit more of a reactive parent. And I recognized that reactivity only got them more reactive. And a lot of parents yell at their kids to calm down. It's the most unintuitive thing ever because you're not role modeling what you're asking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, so I came up with this analogy of, so that whether it's with parents, whether it's with a partner, whether it's a coworker, you've got to be the 911 operator. Because imagine if you were to call, you know, the emergency number and you're screaming into the phone, your house is on fire, there's a burglar, whatever, you know, emergency is happening. Yeah. Could you imagine if the person on the other end responded to you in the same or higher level of intensity in which you called? You'd freak the hell out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that person has been designed to stay calm and help you breathe and calm down. And by them staying calm, you inherently calm down. Yeah, yeah. So we've got to be the 911 operator. We've got to be our own advocate for slowing down and for breathing. And when we can do that, we inherently impact the others around us. Wow. Yeah. That's really powerful. And and this whole conversation and everything that you shared is just amazing. So I'm blown away. Hopefully the listeners as well, because Thank it's you. impact really. I mean, wow. And I think we could go on for hours, but again, uh, so great stories. I mean, really mindset shifting just Thank by you. listening to the stories for me too. Like yeah. I was... I'm, 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 I'm so glad, you know, honestly, I am grateful to share the stories and I've got so many more. Um, wow. But we should do another episode. It, 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 yeah. You know, um, because I really think for people who are seeking to create change in their life, part of it is how, how open are you to receiving change yeah like we, we we say we want it but we're not open to receiving it and so you know but the the stories that i shared were in somewhat succession and you know in a couple of years combined with some good therapy and combined with meditation and combined with mindfulness and a lot of self-work but none of it could have happened if i didn't have the courage to believe i could do it right so i, I had to at some point adopt the mindset change was possible yeah yeah absolutely wow that's huge that is huge um i'm just thinking you know if i had a similar story but it, i think it wasn't that powerful uh, as i was just you know doing this podcast 
it helped me a lot with with self-awareness and and you know talking about mm-hmm. these topics and and the things that you've shared for example i think that was that was my my biggest shift with the podcast and going deeper into this topic great yeah and this is and this is what i guide my clients in doing you know this this is the the work that fuels me that fires up my soul that excites me because I wouldn't be in the business I'm in if I didn't believe growth and change were possible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Jory, I always ask my guests about book recommendations. So if you have anything in mind that you would recommend to the listeners. Well, I mentioned Dan Millman. Yeah. And um, even though the book I mentioned was Way of the Peaceful Warrior, my favorite book of his is called The Laws of Spirit. And he writes in a very fantastical way in which he is the main character of what appears to be a novel, but it's really a spiritual teaching. And I just want to share because I want to hook your listeners to go get this book. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he he goes out on a hike in his you know neighboring backyard and ends up meeting an old wise sage who represents his highest self. And the wise sage takes him on a journey in the in the hills for three days, teaching him the laws of the universe. And my favorite one that he teaches in this book <clears throat> is called the law of action. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in this in in, the, in this example, they are at a crossroads of two different pathways to take on their hike. And the old wise sage says to him, "Which path are you going to take?" And he points him to one of them. He says, "I'm going to take that one." And she says again. Okay, so which path are you going to take? And he points, says, I'm going to take that one. She says again, which path are you going to take? And he points. And now he's getting frustrated because he's like, lady, I'm answering your question, right? <laughs> so she she very patiently says, okay, so which path are you going to take? And instead of pointing, he takes a step forward. And she says, ah, I see you're taking this one. So we can stand where we are and point as long as we want saying we're going to do all the things we're going to do, but until we take a step forward, we're not doing anything. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. So it's one of my favorite books. Um, there are so many books that I love, but you know, <laughs> yeah. for yeah, um, introduction to mindfulness, I love a John Kabat-Zinn, wherever you go, there you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the book by Dr. Rick Hansen called um, Buddha's Brain. He combines mm. psychology, Buddhism, and neuroscience, and it's phenomenal. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of my absolute favorite books on communication is called Say What You Mean by Oren J. Sofer, which is a beautiful book mm. um, on how to have effective communication and get out of our own unskillful patterns and, and communicating and listening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, I love to read. I absolutely um I love to read. I just finished reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which for any woman who feels stuck in the confines of their roles, it's a way of breaking free to find your truest self. Wow. Um, wow. So yeah, lots yeah. of book recommendations. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for sharing them. It's it's amazing. And before I ask my last question, please just tell the listeners where they can find you online and get in touch with you. Yeah. Um, the best place is my website, joryrose.com. That's J-O-R-E-E-R-O-S-E.com. Mm-hmm. And from there, 
you'll be able to find my podcast, which is Journey Forward with Jory Rose. You'll be able to get access to my online courses. I'm in the midst of developing um, some membership sites, so you'll get access to all of my memberships. If you're interested in joining, I have one for parents. I have um, have one that's going to be starting probably around the first of the year um, for women to get unstuck and find their truest self and lead them towards a more conscious, aware uh, life like I have done. And yeah, wow. um, I've got a, you know a newsletter and a blog and a Facebook group. So journey forward with Joy Rose as a podcast, but everything is accessible on my website is kind of the one-stop shop with all my social media links. Yeah, that's amazing. And all these links are going to be in the show notes and available on our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash podcast. And uh, my last question is, Jory, what is your mission and what is your future vision? (sighs) My mission is to help people believe and achieve that change and growth is possible. Wow. My, my mission is for people to live a conscious and aware life and to recognize that they have the tools to create whatever change they're needing. And I want to help them get pushed past the fear, break their boards to achieve their cushions. Because if I can do it, if I can push past my fears and anxieties, and if I can live a life in a different way than how I was raised or how I believed or how I thought, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Wow. And my, my future goals and visions. Oh gosh. Um, I, I like the idea of shooting for the moon and landing amongst the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, Oprah's couch is always an invitation that I'd like to accept. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I, I just want to, you know, I, I'm really driven by being in service and to guide and help people. And, that looks like expanding my reach through like, you know, building these membership sites where I can work with thousands of people at one time and provide them these inspirational tools that are rooted in science and rooted in, you know, um, you know, mindfulness is over a 2,500 year old practice. So you've got this time tested and scientifically backed set of tools that I believe wholeheartedly in. Mm-hmm. Um I, you know, when COVID isn't happening, I lead retreats. And so to be able to expand leading retreats around the world and taking people on transformational journeys in really beautiful settings. Um, And of course, it's it's always the goal to get a a New York bestseller book. So if I don't set the intentions, it's not out there. So, you know, if I'm going to set the intentions, there it is. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of them. And wow, so much energy. And I wish you good luck with all these uh, goals and visions and I'm honored to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the time. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Mindset Horizon podcast. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, be sure to head to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, where you'll also have the ability to join the Mindset Nation community for more insight and empowerment to help you reach your full potential. That's all available exclusively on MindsetHorizon.com.